Hello everyone, I'm Lauren Duffy, and this is the Global Healing Hub. I wanted to announce that we're, we are collaborating with 4MTV USA. It's a TV initiative from North America focused on mental health. 4M stands for mental health, migration, multi-language, culture, and mindfulness. They're practicing mindfulness beyond borders. The Global Healing Hub is very much in alignment with this mission as well. So it's really fantastic to be in support of each other. To make things a little easier for you and to save you time, every video has highlights right at the beginning of each discussion. And also most videos have a bullet point outline in the description. So you can easily see the topics that are discussed. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you. On this channel, the Global Healing Hub, we interview healers, practitioners, and, and medical professionals from across the globe, talking about non-traditional healing methods and how they can help you and the people that you care about. In other words, I talk to mystics, mediums, intuitives, nurses, doctors, therapists, shamans, all discussing and practicing holistic, alternative, and complementary methods for healing. These people and these healing modalities can open you up to some real change. They're the real deal. And you can connect with them for a private, one-on-one, -on -one, remote, or in-person session through the Global Healing Hub website. And we also have wellness products, blogs, podcasts, links, channels, and even workshops. I really hope you will join this growing community and explore your world of empowerment, freedom, and a greater well-being during this global movement. Shamanic death, stacking and aligning intention to manifest abundance. What needs to be let go of in your life to allow more room for growth? These are some of the things we'll be discussing with Lisa Adams today, our next guest. Also, so she gave me a astrological reading and I highly recommend getting one from her. It's really quite mind blowing how on point she is. She's clear, concise, and magical with the words truly a wise and gifted person. And you can reach out to her and of course the other practitioners as well that I've interviewed um, through the Global Healing Hub. So please stick around. Uh, don't forget to hit that like button and the subscribe button. I really hope you enjoy it and hey, thank you so much. But I tell you one of the biggest things that I don't think people realize, this is the biggest one of all. You gotta make an absolute decision and be decisive about what it is that you want and what you're going to accomplish in life. And when you're really set on that, the universe understands that energy and it will respond in kind. For years, you've been serving as a high priestess. Um, I was looking over your website and I read, well, it mentions Metaphysics, energy, the cosmos, uh, universal healing, magic, ritual, astrology, tarot, ancient esoteric wisdom. And it says, these are my wheelhouse, my tools. You had mentioned that you work through magic, ceremony, and ritual. Can you uh, speak on that a little bit? Magic is... The way that I like to describe it is sort of like a prayer. Now, I'm a big believer in prayer 
and, you know, and this direct access to the divine um, or God or, you know, whatever anybody wants to call it, we can plug in a lot of different names or terms. So I'm a big believer in prayer and that the divine listens and wants to reach back. If we reach out, the divine's going to reach back to us. So it's going to meet us. When when I do magic or when one decides to participate in doing magic or ritual, spell work, there's a lot of different terms, then it's a much more active form of prayer that includes the, the use of language. It includes uh, the use of different kinds of movement. And it also means working with universal energy um, to align whatever my prayer or my intention is with the energy of the world, natural energy in the cosmos. So for instance, the elements, earth, air, fire, water, spirit, and, and because I'm an astrologer, also the planets, the moon, um, the cycle of the sun and the earth, all of those things. So when I do magic, it's about sort of like bringing all of these things together in order to create and affect um, change for the better. Okay, I like the sounds of that. <laughs> yeah. On your website, it mentions the outmoded systems, the great American dreams slash nightmare, consumption, death. Um, I guess the idea of getting an education, getting married, having kids, getting a home, it may not be all it's cracked up to be. Um, so this is kind of a topic that you, that you hit on. Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about it. Well, you know, I, I don't know about you, but when I went through, you know, getting married and, and, you know, sort of like finding the one and getting married and everything, then I, I got there and I was kind of like, this is it really, you know, and I feel like we've all been sort of spoon fed this idea from the time we're really young kids. I mean, look at Disney, like, you know, if you're a princess, there's going to be some, you know, prince and he's going to come and save you and whisk you away and you live happily ever after, but we never see what happily ever after is. Okay. And um, I really think that it's all part of a capitalistic uh, consumer-based society that, you know, the, the proper consumer unit is to be married with a family where you're, you know, you're paying a mortgage, you've got couple of cars, you're putting your kids through school, um, you've probably got, um, you know, at least one pet. And you're always kind of just working to keep up with all of the things or to buy the new, bigger, better, whatever. Um, so there's a lot about like, you have to work, you have to work hard, and you're kind of on the mill, right? Like the, the gerbil or the hamster wheel in order to keep up and to keep going. And the thing is, we get burned out and exhausted. It's not like a lot of fun to do all of that. And when I went through my divorce, then I, you know, I quickly realized that my romantic notions of what it meant to be in love and married really came down to um, legal and financial contracts. And, you know, so that was a big eye opener for me. I'm like, oh, this, the government doesn't care if you're in love if you get married, the government cares, like, what, what are your, what are your responsibilities with your debts? Like, what are these contracts? And what are your, you know, what are these legal obligations? 
Um, so that was a big eye opener. And you know, I've been um, I've been single uh, for I guess about as long as I was married now. Um, so I I've been uh, you know single again since 2010. And what I'm what I thought at first was I was still kind of in that mindset. Oh, I gotta find you know the one or or a partner or somebody and like build this life together. And then I realized I was putting that on hold. I was putting my dreams on hold, thinking that I had to like be in a partnership in order to, you know, realize my potential and and build my dreams. And when I when I realized that that wasn't working for me, um, you know, I wasn't having great success in relationships or whatever. I realized that. Um, the system is set up to function in a certain way. And the more I let go of those notions and those ideas of how life is supposed to be, the better life got for me. Um, and the more I live in accordance with what, what's in my heart and my soul and what I want. And it's not like I'm out breaking laws or anything. I'm just not following, you know, these kind of pet sort of, you know, line or patterns that, um, that everybody else does, you know, and I chose not to have kids. And at this time I choose not to have a mortgage. So I can relate exactly to what you said. I also was divorced back in, I think 2010. Um, and I've been trying to figure out what I enjoy doing. You know, I, I love to educate people on these different uh, wellness methods, these different wellness practices, I would love to have a partner. But for me, kind of like what you were saying, I'm not letting that hold me back. I I found something that I enjoy doing. And it's not by not having a relationship, it's not keeping me from doing the things that I feel I should be doing that are close to my heart. Right on. I I, I was letting it hold me back. I, I really was. I was kind of having this expectation that um, I really needed a partner so that we could co-create like this, you know, amazing life or whatever. And since I kept having, you know, hiccups or, you know, going in and out of different relationships, I realized that, um, well, you know, if I'm pinning all of my hopes and my dreams and my happiness on this idea that I'm going to have this pinnacle relationship, what if that never happens? Then am I just going to always sort of either put myself on hold or be disappointed? And I, you know, I have a great life. So I had to really have a, a big sort of come to Jesus talk with myself about that and realize that, um, you know, you, you know, you've got this great life. You know, there's there's no need to pin um, pin everything on on having, you know, this the great American dream. Um, the great American dream, it seems to me, is also wrapped up in a lot of, um, you know, keeping the the rich and the powerful rich and powerful, and not so much about bringing up um, the average person. I hear you. Okay. So all that being said, uh, my next note. On my notes, it's uh, circled and underlined. It says, shamanic death. Oh, whew. this one I could talk forever and ever about. Um, so, you know, we talked about, we've both been through divorce. 
there's different points in life where we undergo uh, different kinds of like rites of passage or initiation. And most of us have uh, some of the same ones. Like we're all going to be born. Most of us are going to graduate from school, whether it's high school or maybe college or whatever. And then most of us are going to get married. And most of us are going to lose someone we love to death. And at the end of it all, we're going to die at some point too. And maybe we're going to go through divorce. Maybe we're going to get a cancer diagnosis or, you know, some sort of life altering um, event or diagnosis is going to happen. And what I've come to see is that these are points of initiation in our lives. They, they are points that mark the end of a certain era or phase of life and the beginning of another. And sometimes when we go through these rites of passage, and I think divorce is a big one. I think um, having, um, or even like the, you know, the falling apart of a, a long-term relationship. But I think also, um, you know, getting a diagnosis of some sort, like everything in your world turns upside down. It's very different. And as a result, there's a lot that leaves your life. You, you know, especially divorce is probably the, a good one to use because your friends change, you're probably moved to a different place. And as a result, you might even end up in a different job situation. Your health probably is going to shift as well. Um, you know, you're going to close off to old ways of being, but then also there's going to be all these new influxes of energy and people and circumstances and opportunities and before you know it, you're just in this completely different space than you were prior. And you've, and you've probably been going through all the ups and downs emotionally that are involved with divorce because it's, it's hard and it hurts. Um, so that is a sort of a type of shamanic death. So, you know, in a very traditional shamanic, um, you know, training maybe especially in like central and south america a lot of these folks are come up in certain traditions and they might go through a time where they get sick and die or almost die and come right back to life or um you know they had like they get really ill something like that and that's or maybe maybe an accident or like a bite from maybe a poisonous snake or something. I mean, there's all these kinds of stories where they, they go through one of the hardest things ever and then they come out and they come out better for it. They come out more um, intrinsically connected to themselves and all of nature and the divine. They're, they've got a better way of understanding how life works. And I feel that we don't acknowledge those kinds of rites of passage in our very modern Western society, but that we do have those instances. And in my own life, I'm starting to wonder if it's just one big, long sort of like purge and shamanic death after another, because it seems that every so often there's this huge upheaval where everything leaves and there's a new influx of energy. Um, or like, I just lost um, two parents in one year and, and within that time also placed my mother into, um, 
you know, uh, assisted living and went through some big upheaval and some, you know, health issues and loss of community and, and people I thought were friends. And as a result, I just feel that I'm an entirely different me than I was a year ago. Um, I just, I couldn't even begin to explain the kinds of intrinsic changes and understandings that I've um, gleaned as a result of going through this. And I think a lot of people are having a similar um, experience just having lived through a pandemic anyway. So you're saying in other cultures, they kind of celebrate these rebirths more than you would find here. Um, here in the US, I guess that's just not so much the case. I guess we celebrate the fun stuff, but not so much the rough stuff, the rough patches. Um, is that kind of what you were saying? Yes, we don't practice so much. We don't acknowledge as much. Um, we do certain things like marriage, graduation. Um, we tend to acknowledge those things. But like even, um, you know, I love that Judaism has a rite of passage for becoming, um, for growing into adulthood, you know, that they still do um, bas mitzvah and, and bar mitzvahs for, for their kids. We... The closest thing we probably have to that um, in you know normal Western society is like graduation from high school and college or something like that. Whereas what the psyche misses is the acknowledgement, that acknowledgement of this era has has passed and this new era is is begun and is taking place. A uh, commencement, right? It's it's this kind of idea and we don't do it in such a ritualistic way that acknowledges what, what like the enormity of what those changes mean. So I listened to one of your other podcasts and you're talking about um, aligning your intention, uh, aligning your energy, and that you could do this through ritual action and uh, study. But I, I'd love to learn a little bit more about this because I'd love to align my energy. Um, you know, so I can more quickly get to manifesting the things that I'd like to, you know, achieve. Uh, can you talk a little bit about this? It's not a very complicated thing. I mean, you don't have to perform ritual and magic to get um, to get sort of lined up to, you know, to bring about change that you want. It's it's really getting as many of your senses on board as possible. And I mean, like it's things like visualizing and thinking about and focusing. It's, it's um, you know, maybe writing things down. It's getting as many of your senses involved as you possibly can. Maybe it looks like meditation and it could look like, you know, when you exercise, you're doing mantra or you're thinking about these things that you want to create in your life. Um, and, and you're being present also to what is. You're, you're having gratitude um, and acknowledging the beauty of life. But I tell you one of the biggest things that I don't think people realize. <clears throat> this is the biggest one of all. You got to make an absolute decision and be decisive about what it is that you want and what you're going to accomplish in life. And when you're really set on that, 
the universe understands that energy and it will respond in kind. So it's not being wishy-washy, oh, maybe I will, or will I? Like, I have a lot of people that come to me for readings and they say, well, am I going to do this or am I going to do that? And before I'll even draw a card for them or, or take a look at the energy, I will tell them right away, I, you know, it doesn't matter what these cards say. If you decide you're going to do it and you take the steps and you follow through um, and be really decisive about it, that's the big kicker right there. That's the big kicker. The universe responds to knowing that you are, you've made the decision. You really mean it. Now, I will also say, and this is so interesting to me too. I learned this one several years back. I was really on board with something. I had made my decision, put all the work in, um, did all the marketing, did all of the stuff. Um, to take a particular course with my my business and my um my career i had gone through a training and i wanted to really take this work and really help it proliferate out into the world and as a result of that um I, the woman whose whose um training whose certification i went through she was really excited for me to you know to take the work out into the world it was her work and I tell you what, Lauren, I did everything that you're supposed to do. I was a go-getter. I lined it all up. I, you know, I did all of the things. I did all the, the groundwork and the structural work and the framework and the everything. And every time I tried to set it up, it didn't, it wouldn't come through. It followed, it would fall through every time. And I kept trying to set up another workshop or training or another one or another one and they would never line up. And that is the universe telling you, this isn't for you. So even though I was completely on board and I had made the decision and I did all the things, there are times when God, spirit, the universe will save you from something that's not really either in your highest interest or, or meant for you ultimately. And I realized pretty quickly that was the case. And instead of getting upset about it, I got curious about it and I let it go. And then I quickly realized I was going to be really selling myself short. So um, my, my work is to offer my own content, not somebody else's. Yeah, that makes good sense. I uh, Too many times I've had my eye on a target. And I guess... You know, and I didn't even hit the board. Um, and I, I guess those things weren't my path. But it, it certainly is frustrating when you think something is your target. And the universe or whatever forces just don't allow that to come together. It certainly can be discouraging when you think that's something that you're supposed to be doing. And may, maybe it's not. We talked a little bit about uh, Bruce Lipton the other day when we spoke on the phone and the uh, biology of belief. So that was actually one of my first books. And I mean, he fascinates me a lot because, well, you know, he's this microbiologist. I think that's his title. Um, and he works largely around science and also spirituality. And he's able to pull them together. In his book, The Biology of Belief, I think it's just so cool when, you know, he's talking about everything on a, you know, mic microscopic level and, 
the beginning of the book, he's not very spiritual at all. And then he goes to a, a chiropractor and delves into a muscle testing. And then he's fascinated by all of that. His second half of the book is spent trying to support what he experienced in the chiropractor's office based around um, his findings that he has found as a microbiologist. And he's actually able to pull the, the spiritual together with the scientific. And it was uh, a, a great book for me to start with when I started down this path because um, it was able to kind of justify in, in a scientific sense what was, what was most likely taking place uh, on a microscopic level. Um, anyway, it's, it's a fascinating book. And I, I think he's just a, an amazing character, uh, very interesting to watch. Um, you know, I remember my first exposure to um, sort of like quantum physics and, and Bruce Lipton and all of those folks um, was back. Um, and how many years ago was this? Like 25 years ago, maybe when um, What the Bleep Do We Know, the movie came out. And, you know, for somebody like me, I was like, oh, well, here's something that finally explains all the stuff that I already know and believe and practice, but it was, it felt really validating because when they released that movie and you have people like Bruce Lipton on or Darren Weissman or, you know, some of the other folks um, talking, using their scientific background and knowledge and, and bringing that together with essentially spirituality or metaphysics, you know, which is this um, more cosmological understanding of the world. It, it just all goes together so beautifully. And I don't think that science and spirit are necessarily um, different things. I think they're different approaches to trying to understand life and how life works. And as a student of religion and spirituality, I see through all these different sort of religious lenses like that I've been blessed to study and look at, that when you bring the basics together, that, you know, it's, they might use different language, they might have different models, but they've, there's so much basic stuff there that's the same. It's, it's so much the same and, it, and it's beautiful. And I, I love the way um, like the biology of belief and things like quantum physics can demonstrate in a whole other sort of view, a whole other model of this is how they understand it works. And they have a way of explaining that, you know, by location or, or the, the way energy transfers, like energy can't necessarily be destroyed. My belief system is that everything is made of energy and that's a little bit maybe more scientific but it to me it's wholly spiritual and if everything's made of energy maybe that thing that is energy is god or the divine or spirit or whatever um and so if we figure out how to understand it how to read it how to interact with it maybe we maybe we affect change along with it we co-create um but, you know, Bruce Lipton um, and like muscle testing, all of that stuff, I got exposed to that such a long time ago. 
and I've watched how beautiful and miraculous it is. And it goes to show that our body is, is the source of wisdom. Our body is a source of wisdom. In, in our society, we're so kind of divorced from understanding our bodies and how they work or, you know, I'm a big, I'm a big nerd for anatomy and physiology. Um, and, and that started as a child. I was into all that stuff and then I became a massage therapist and taught massage school. And so I just, I just love to study and learn and, and anything about the body to me is fascinating. But then when we, when we really pay attention to it, when we listen to it, when we talk to it, when we access the information and the wisdom that's housed in here, then we know what to do in life. We're given a lot of information. We just don't know how to access it. And I think Bruce Lipton offers us some, um, some different tools and, and ways of understanding um, how to access that information. So I listened to some of your other podcasts. They're fantastic, by the way. Uh, there was this one question that really got me thinking. You mentioned something along the lines of when it comes to transformation, um, one of the questions you might ask yourself is what is dying in my life or what is it that is time to let go of? Uh, sometimes the things that are hardest to let go of are the things that you cherish the most. Do, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, that really got my wheels spinning. Um, I, I definitely put some thought to that. I've, I've come to see that some of the biggest ways that we um, can shift our lives and our energy is in the letting go. Um, and we, we don't let go very well or easily in Western society. We're not taught how to do that. Um, it, it feels foreign. It feels like loss. A lot of us are um, sort of operating on this lack mentality anyway, that there's not enough. And so how, how would we, why would we let something go if there's not enough of whatever, you know, going around? But um, the, the beauty of letting go is, for one thing, we create space in our lives. And so if we, if we let go of something or someone or a situation that we've been holding on to so tightly, we free up a lot of energy and a lot of space um, and nature abhors a vacuum. So once you open up and have some empty space there, it's like, are you going to let it be empty for a while, which is a good idea because then you've got a fertile void available. But then you also can be really discerning about well, what gets to come in and, and fill that space that's been left or created um, and the letting go. The, the other thing is we get so hooked on like expectation. We want certain things to show up in very specific ways. And when we do that, we're really kind of got this tunnel vision. So if, if we've got this very limited idea about certain things showing up in certain ways, we are limiting possibility in our lives. We've got like, endless possibilities. A lot of people think, well, I could do this or that. And I'm like, well, look at the space between this or that. Like, what, what about all of this? Like there's, and then what about everything else all around? <laughs> like, you know, we, we limit ourselves. 
So if we can let go of things, if we can let go of expectations, if we can let go of the way that certain things show up in our lives, then maybe what actually comes in is a lot better than what we could have thought or hoped for. Very wise words. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we start to uh, wrap this up? Um, well, you know, I, I've been at this for a long time and I feel like I have a pretty good understanding of a lot of things. I've been fortunate to be a voracious student. Um, you know, I, I think I teach because I like to learn, you know, but what I've noticed, especially in the last few years, you know, I'm, I'm 52, I'll be 53 this year, is the more I learn and the more I live and experience, the deeper the mystery, the deeper the mystery. Um, and I'm so humbled, truly humbled by that. It, it touches me just to think of how, um, how deep the mystery goes. And if I think if we're dedicated to one to know and to understand and, and to witness life as it unfolds, um, I think that life will continue to lead us down that, like the, through the mystery. It's all a big mystery it's, and it's a beautiful one.